Letters 51 through 57 of The Power of Sympathy or The Triumph of Nature Founded in Truth by William Hill Brown. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Letter 51 Myra to Mrs. Holmes, Boston. The curtain is dropped, and the scene of life is forever closed. The lovely Harriet is no more. She is fit to appear in heaven, for her life was a scene of purity and innocence. If there is any consolation to be felt by a survivor, it is in the reflection of the amiable qualities of the deceased. My heart shall not cease to cherish her idea, for she was beautiful without artifice, and virtuous without affectation. See, there all pale and dead she lies, forever flow my streaming eyes. There dwelt the fairest, loveliest mind, faith, sweetness, wit together joined. Dwelt faith and wit and sweetness there? Oh, view the change, and drop a tear. My brother is exceedingly agitated, he will never support this disastrous stroke. Nothing can attract his attention, nothing allay his grief. But it is the affliction of reason and not of weakness. God grant that it prove not fatal to him. Adieu, adieu. Letter 52 Harrington to Worthy, Boston She is gone. She is dead. She who was the most charming, the most gentle, is gone. You may come, you may desire to behold all that was lovely, but your eyes will not see her. Yes, I have raved, I was distracted, but now I am calm and dispassionate. I am smooth as the surface of a lake. I shall see her again. When our spirits are disencumbered of this load of mortality, and they wing their flight to the celestial regions, shall we not then know those who were dear to us in this world? Shall we not delight in their society, as we have done in this state of existence? Yes, certainly we shall. We shall find them out in heaven. There alone is happiness. There shall I meet her. There our love will not be a crime. Let me indulge this thought. It gives a momentary joy to my heart. It removes the dark mist that swims before my eyes. It restores tranquillity. But the more I reflect on this thought, the more I long to be there, the more I detest this world and all it contains. I sigh to fly away from it. Letter 53 Harrington to Worthy Ingratitude is a predominant principle of the conduct of man. The perfidious, who owes to me this reputation and fortune, and with whom I entrusted a great part of my property, has deceived me. The affair will materially retard my business. To be unfortunate in trade is not worth a sigh. To receive inattention and incivility does not merit a frown. But ingratitude, 
it is this that cuts to the quick yet i freely give him my pity for what man who considered for a moment the inconsistency of the human heart would hurl the thunderbolt of indignation at the head of an ingrate what an important little thing is man he contrives to overreach his neighbor and mount to the enjoyment of riches ambition and splendor but remember not the period of enjoyment that this life is a day and his space a point naturalists inform us of insects whose terms of existence is confined to a few hours what is the business and importance of such a life would not a being whose circle of living is immensity of ages inquire with equal propriety what is the importance of man what actions can he perform what happiness can he enjoy whose insignificant life is circumscribed to seventy years in this point of view i behold the tinsel the vanity and noise of the world and the little plots and cunning artifices of mankind to cheat and ruin one another ingratitude then is constitutional and inseparable from human nature but it ought not to fill us with surprise because it is no new discovery it has ever been invariably the characteristic of man is not the page of antiquity disdained with blood of those who ought to have received honor and adoration behold the brilliant race of the world's benefactors consider their benevolent actions and regard their ungrateful return these benefactors who have been sent from heaven to inform and entertain mankind to defend the world from the arm of tyranny and to open the gates of salvation have been despised and banished and poisoned and crucified behold the support of the roman power the invincible belisarius who protected his country from the ravage of the huns and displayed the roman eagle in every quarter of the globe behold him fall a sacrifice to malice to faction and ingratitude behold him cast out by the country he had defended and for which he had wasted his life to protect and honor and left alone to deplore his unfortunate condition when he was old and blind and naked and miserable unfortunate is the man who trusts his happiness to the precarious friendship of the world i every day become more a misanthrope and see nothing to increase my desire of living but your esteem and affection i want advice but i am too proud to let the world know i am weak enough to be under obligation to any one else that you may never want friends or advice is the sincere prayer of yours etc letter fifty four harrington to worthy boston all the scenes of my past life return fresh upon my memory i examine every circumstance as they pass in review before me i see nothing to cause any disagreeable or unwelcome sensations no terror upbraids no reproaching conscience stings my bosom as i reflect on the actions that are past with her i expected happiness i have expected a vain thing for there is none she is gone gone to a far country she is preparing a place for me a place of unutterable bliss but oh an immeasurable gulf lies between us who can tell the distance that separates us what labor what toil 
what pain must be endured in traversing the thorny paths that lead to her blessed abode and will she not receive me in those happy regions with as much joy with as sincere a welcome if i cut short my journey and will not the eternal dispenser of good pardon the awful deed that frees me from this world of misery the deed by which i obtrude myself into his divine presence why must i wait the lingering hand of the grisly messenger to summon me to the world above letter fifty five harrington to worthy boston am i a child that i should weep i have been meditating on the course of my calamities why did my father love maria or rather why did i love their harriet curse on this tyrant custom that dooms such helpless children to oblivion or infamy had i known her to have been my sister my love would have been regular i should have loved her as a sister but i should have marked her beauty i should have delighted in protecting it i should have observed her growing virtues i should have been happy in cherishing their growth but alas she is gone and i cannot stay i stand on the threshold of a vast eternity letter fifty six harrington to worthy boston i am determined to quit this life i feel much easier since my determination the step must not be taken with rashness i must be steady calm collected i will endeavour to be so her eager solicitation the anxiety she always expressed for me when i think she is no more it wrings my heart with grief and fills my eyes with tears i must go the idea chills me i am frozen with horror cold damps hang on my trembling body my soul is filled with a thousand troubled sensations i must depart it must be so my love for thee o harriet is dearer than life thou hast first set out and i am to follow were it possible that i could live with her should i be happy would her presence restore peace and tranquillity to my disordered mind ah no it never would here it never would i will fly to the place where she is gone our love will there be refined i will lay my sorrows before her and she shall wipe away all tears from my eyes when the disembodied spirit flies above when it leaves behind the senseless clay and wings its flight it matters not to me what they do with his remains cover his head with a clod or a stone it is all one it is all one letter fifty seven harrington to worthy boston the longer i live and the more i see the misery of life the more my desire of living is extinguished what i formerly esteemed trifles and would not deign to term misfortunes now appear with a formidable aspect though i once thought them harmless and innoxious to my peace they assume new terrors every day but is not this observation general it is 
it is thus every son of human nature gradually wishes for death and neglects to seek for and improve those comforts which by diligent search there is a possibility of attaining am i to reason from analogy i know what has been the afflictions i have felt but what is the prospect before me the path is darkened by mists puzzled in mazes and perplexed with errors who is there hardy enough to try difficulties is not the view horrible my pains and anxieties have been severe those which if i live i shall suffer may be yet more so this idea sinks me to despair as a thing becomes irksome to us our detestation is always increased whatever object is disagreeable we pine and sicken until it is moved out of sight life growing up upon one in this manner increasing in horror with continual apprehension of death a certainty of surviving every enjoyment and no prospect of being delivered from suspense it is intolerable he will assuredly be tempted to terminate the business with his own hand end of letters fifty one to fifty seven